Good morning, everyone. Welcome. Welcome to worship here at University Heights, United Methodist Church. I believe we've met, but if not, I'm Pastor David. Uh, Shirley Green is our liturgist, making sure she hasn't run away. She's back there. And uh, I, I believe I'm giving the children's message today. So what an opportunity, right? What a joy. It's good to be together. I invite you to sign in on our pew folders and uh, let us know that you are here today. If you're happening to be watching online, please uh, send out a welcome to those who are watching in that way as well. It is good to be together here on what is a Transfiguration Sunday. That's a common uh, scripture that's being read by many churches today, so we will touch on that a little bit today. It's also the last Sunday before the start of the season of Lent, which is a time of spiritual preparation for Easter. And that season begins with Ash Wednesday, and we will be gathering this coming Wednesday at Rosedale Hills United Methodist Church uh, for a service of ashes. And I will be bringing the message at that service, and you will be providing uh, the music and the reflections of your heart as we gather. That's at 6.30 uh, at that congregation right around the corner. So I hope you can join us. Uh, we will be having a um, Lenten devotional provided uh, that will touch on our upcoming theme and series throughout Lent. We'll be learning about how Jesus teaches us to pray, and in particular, uh, his teaching behind the Lord's Prayer. So that'll be available electronically starting Wednesday. We'll have some copies at Rosedale Hills, and uh, we'll have some copies next weekend as well. So I hope you'll make, make use of that. Um, I believe, let's see, yes, yesterday was community lunch, yes, go well, folks, for those who help serve. Thank you, as always, to those who serve lunch, as well as our lunch last week uh, on our Super Bowl Sunday. Uh, thanks for all of you for some incredible soups. It was a great time, and I think we raised several hundred dollars for missions, so thank you so much for that, for that outreach as well. On the back of your bulletin, if you're in the mood for eating, you'll see uh, some Lenten breakfasts that are coming up, opportunities for you to gather with some others in faith and uh, eat together, so that's always a joy. If you're an early person, some of them, ooh, getting up kind of early for me. Before we, uh, before we greet each other, I did want to share this quick story here that connects with today's theme. There was a, there was a housework challenged husband and he was trying to wash his sweatshirt and so he stepped into the laundry room and looked at his sweatshirt confused and he shouted downstairs honey what setting do i use on the washing machine and she yelled back it depends what's on your sweatshirt and he yelled back uh you indie no <laughs> so today we're going to be talking about cleaning instructions, cleaning instructions. So I'm going to help any of those out that are struggling with laundry today. It's good to be together. Greet those around you with uh, the peace and joy of Christ as we prepare for this morning's service.
Oh, what a beautiful day. God is good all the time. And all the time, God is good. Lord God Almighty, thank you for this moment to be together in your presence. Uh, we experience you here through the song that lifts our spirits, uh, through our friendship with others and their, their embrace, uh, through your word of good news. Speak to us again, once again, Lord, through the Sermon of the Mount, through your Beatitudes. Remind us how we are blessed in your name as we seek to follow you. It's in Christ that we pray. Amen. After six days, Jesus took with him Peter, James and John, the brother of James, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. There 
he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun and his clothes became as white as the light. Just then, there appeared before them Moses and Elijah talking with Jesus. Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I will put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, a bright cloud covered them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell face down to the ground, terrified. But Jesus came and touched them. Get up, he said. Don't be afraid. Stand as you are able for the call to worship. We come to the mountaintop to be covered in God's presence, to be comforted by God's holiness and hope, to be overwhelmed by God's majesty, God's spirit, that there is no doubt God's glory. On the mountaintop, we remember why we worship to witness God's power and plan for the earth, to be, to be inspired by God's service. God brings us to the mountaintop. Our hymn of praise this morning is All Hail King Jesus, number 2069. prayer this morning is 
loving God, we open our eyes and we see Jesus, the mouth, the months of ministry transfigured into a beam of light and the light of the world, your light. May your light shine upon us. We open our eyes and see Moses and Elijah, your word restoring us, showing us the way, telling a story, your story, our story. May your word speak to us. We open our eyes and we see mist, the cloud of your presence, which assures us of all we do not know and that we do not need to fear. Teach us to trust. Open our eyes and we see Peter's constructions, his best plans, our best plans, are missing the point, are missing the way. Forgive our foolishness and sin. We open our eyes and we see Jesus not casting us off, but leading us down, leading us out to ministry, to minister to people. Your love endures forever. We open our ears and we hear your voice. This is my beloved son. Listen to him and we give you the thanks. Amen. Our hymn of praise is We Have Come at Christ's Own Bidding, number 2103.
Our affirmation this morning, this morning is the Apostles' Creed. I believe, I believe in, God, in God, the Father, Father Almighty, Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he arose from the dead. He assembled and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated. The Old, uh, lesson, Old Testament lesson this morning is Exodus 33, 12 through 23. Moses said to the Lord, See, you have said to me, Bring up this people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. Yet you have said, I know you by name. <clears throat> and you have also found favor in my sight. Now if I found favor in your sight, show me your ways so I may know you and find favor in your sight. <clears throat> Consider too, this is the nation is your people. He said, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. And he said to him, if your presence will not, will not go, do not carry us up from here. From how shall we know that I have found favor in he from here? And I and your people, unless you go with us. In this way, <clears throat> you shall be distinct, and your people from every other people on the face of the earth. The Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing that you have asked, but you have found favor in my sight, and I know you by name. Moses said, show me your glory, I pray. And he said, I will make all my goodness pass before you and will claim, proclaim before you the name, the Lord. And I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious and I will show on whom I shall show mercy. And he said, you cannot see my face for no one shall see me and live. And the Lord continued, see there is a place by me where you shall stand on the rock. And with my glory passes by, I will put you in the cleft of the rock, and I will cover you with my hand until I have passed. By then I will take away my hand, and you shall see my back, but my face shall not be seen. 
the word of the Lord for the people of the Lord. This morning is uh, Psalm 24. May God's word touch our hearts this morning as we sing and reflect on God's provision and God's goodness. Let us hear the sung response first before we share in today's reading. For God has founded it upon the seas and established it upon the rivers. Who shall ascend the hill of the Lord? And who shall stand in God's holy place? Those who have clean hands and pure hearts, who do not lift up their souls to what is false and do not swear deceitfully. They will receive blessing for the Lord and vindication from the God of their salvation. Such is the generation of those who seek the Lord, who seek the face of the God of Jacob. Who shall stand in God's O gates, and be lifted up, O ancient doors, what the ruler of glory may come in. Who is the ruler of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O gates, and be lifted up, O ancient doors, that the ruler of glory may come in. Who is this ruler of glory? The Lord of hosts, the Lord is the ruler of glory. Who shall stand in God's holy place? Those with clean hands and with pure hearts.
The hymn of praise for this morning is uh, The World is Better That I Have Lived. My favorite song. <clears throat> the gospel lesson this morning is Hebrews 10, 19 through 25. Therefore, my friends, since we have confidence to enter the sanctuary by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is through his flesh. And since we have great priests over the house of God, let us approach with true heart in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience or bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering for he who has promised is faithful. And let us consider how to provoke one another to love and good deeds, not neglecting to meet together is the habit of some but encouraging one another, and all the more you see the day approaching. The Word of God. The children's message will be given right now.
Good morning. Hey there. How's everybody today? Hello, Olivia. Thanks for the water, by the way. Thank you. It's so good to be up here with you. Uh, first of all, before I give this message, is there anyone up here that is allergic to peanut butter? Allergic? Okay, good, good. This is a good thing because I love peanut butter. Anybody else like peanut butter? Peanut butter sandwiches? Peanut butters on apples? Celery, maybe? So, yeah. Reese's peanut butter cups? Just, just load my mouth. Just pour them in, right? I heard a crazy statement this week, and it goes like this. Whenever you do something that's not very smart or hurts yourself and others, it's as good as wearing a pair of peanut butter glasses. What do you think that means? Huh? So, so, when God made us, God wanted us to see his beauty and glory, right? God created us to see how he is alive in the world through creation, through other people, through scripture. God sent himself to us in Jesus, and when we look at Jesus, we're like, ah, that's what God is like, right? God wants to see this clearly. But there are times when we decide that we want to go a different direction, right? We don't want to pay attention to God. We're too busy. We want to do things our own way. We take our eyes off God. And that, like you predicted, is when we have peanut butter glasses. So let's try this out here. All right. Oop, it's a little loose, so I'm going to have to hold it. There we go. All right. Mm, yes. All right. I got it on my nose, didn't I, Mary? Okay. So things have become a little bit difficult to see. It's going to drop. Ooh, that'll get right on my robe and be distracting. But that, oh, there it went. Down it goes. See, because when we take our eyes off of God, it doesn't just impact our vision, right? It makes a mess of our whole life at times. The me when we're mean to other people, you guys are worried about me. Don't be worried. I'm fine. I can see a little bit. It's pretty blurry. Peter, did you take your glasses off? Are you afraid someone else is going to get peanut butter on them? But when we, so when we're mean to others, when we are, oops, there it is, when we are uh, not focused on caring for others, we're only focused on ourselves. when we always complain about not having enough things, we need more, 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 uh, it's like putting more and more peanut butter on our glasses, isn't it? And we feel like we are, we get lost, we can't see, we can't, I can't see anything right now, I can't see the beautiful people in the congregation, I'd have a hard time singing the words. I can't, I'm all blinded. It's all dark. And so we ask God, help, help me to see again. And so then we think, well, I'm going to do it. I'm going to fix this. I'm going to get my goggles all clean. Okay. I'm going to clean them up and, um, and get it all so I can see again. But uh, does that look clear? No, it didn't. I need something stronger, don't I? I think I need the Holy Spirit, Lorelai, because only, only God and God's strength can clean, clean up our eyesight, clean up our heart, you know, help us to see and love correctly again. And so that's, that's kind of what it means. Whenever we do things that hurt others, hurt ourselves, take our attention off of God, it's, it's like putting peanut butter all over our glasses and our eyes and our robe and 
Did I get any of my hair? Okay, phew, all right. Let us pray. It's on my nose, though. That's awesome. Can I lick it? No. All right. It's so good to have kids around that can clean you up, right? Let, let's pray that I clean up my act and that the Lord cleans up all of our hearts. So we do that? I think that's an awesome prayer. Lord God, we do thank you today for giving us the vision to see you in the world when we see our friends laughing, when we see the beauty of a waterfall, when we hear a beautiful song sung, when we feel your spirit in us, we see you, Lord. It's like being on that mountaintop with the disciples and seeing you aglow, but there are times, God, in our life that we forget you and we get into bad habits and we think about only ourselves and then our vision is a mess and it's sticky and it's hard to fix. And so we pray, Lord, that you forgive us and you make us clean, uh, that we might see your glory again. I pray this in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thanks, guys. Thank you so much. I'd like to speak down here to you today because I have a few things that I, I want to show you. So let me just get ready for us today. I'm so sorry. I am hmm. terribly sorry, friends. <laughs> yes, that is right. Oh my. All right. So, join with me in this story. How many of you can think back and remember a time where you were out in the yard, perhaps, playing with worms in the dirt? or uh, you were up in your bedroom playing with a toy that spent most of its time on your dusty floor, and you hear mom call out, it's time for dinner, and you sprint downstairs and slide into your seat and reach across the table to grab a fried chicken leg, and you're about to put it in your mouth when your mom asks you first, did you wash your hands? Yes. Addison, have you heard that before? Yes, okay, all right. 
So for most of us, the answer is no. So we sprint into the bathroom, we get some hand soap, and then we come darting back so we can enjoy our dinner. Famous signs in the bathroom. Wash your hands. Soap is to the body what laughter is to the soul. Wash your hands. Only you can prevent the zombie apocalypse. Don't be dope. Wash your hands with water and soap. Or whether you're an adult, kid, or teen, washing your hands is good hygiene. All right, so we're talking today about coming clean. That's the theme of our beatitude today. Blessed are the pure, the clean in heart. Uh, we are not too far removed from a cleaning craze, are we? Just a few years ago, we received a remedial course in hand washing this best way to prevent disease among us. Uh, we had hand sanitizer at every corner of the sanctuary. We even spent some time where we would clean the pews after each service. Hand washing before worship was not just new for the pandemic, though. This is an ancient practice. God was asking his people the same question long before your mom was, did you wash your hands? Today in the, in the Psalter reading, we heard who... Who shall ascend the hill of the Lord? Who will be coming into worship? Who can enter the temple? Only those who have clean hands and pure hearts. Blessed are the pure in heart. Can we really have clean hearts? Can we really make ourselves clean? I did a good job making myself dirty a second ago, but can we make ourselves clean? And Jesus says, those who are pure in heart will see God. Will we really see God? You broke my heart. My heart aches for the forgotten. My heart burns with anger when you took my french fries. I love you from the bottom of my heart. When we talk about the heart, it's often the emotional center, right? That's where our, our happiness, our sadness, our frustration comes from. When Jesus was preaching in the first century, the heart was not necessarily the center of emotion. That was the bowels. That's a good Valentine's Day card. I love you from the bottom of my intestines. <laughs> the heart for Jesus, and in Jesus' time, referred to the center of our whole being, not only our feelings, but our thoughts, our wishes, our knowledge, all of our thinking. It includes what we desire, what we understand, what motivates us, what sustains us. The word pure means clean, unmixed, unchanged. Think about pure maple syrup or pure gold earrings. Jesus was preaching on the mount and he was describing discipleship as having thoughts, intentions, focus, wishes that were uncompromised, untainted by evil, aligned with the things of God. So since the first followers of Jesus, up until the sanctuaries and auditoriums of today, Christians have been asking, how do we get clean? What does it mean to get clean with Jesus? I want to show you today. First, I brought with me 
Scrubbing bubbles. Scrubbing bubbles get that bathroom clean from the earliest time when Christians thought about purity, a pure heart. It meant cleansing us, washing us down from sin, from sinful desires. Jesus scrubs our life clean. And we have to strive to keep it that way. Fifth century church follower Christosom said, purity is the control of the yearnings that give rise to sinful actions. Not only must we be cleansed of what we do, but what we think about and long to do. St. Augustine links the Beatitudes with the Lord's Prayer. And he says, the pure in heart are like those who pray, Lord, lead us not into temptation. Chromatius was a third century bishop of Aquila. He described the pure heart this way. Those who have given up the filth of sin, they've purged themselves of all fleshly defilement and by the works of faith have pleased God. So sin is a stain. It needs to be cleansed. And to be pure in heart means to strive to keep our heart free of sin. Scrubbing bubbles. But did you hear Chromatius' reference to the fleshly defilement? This points to another element of what people believed in this beatitude from the earliest time, a heavy emphasis on sins of the body. Over time, folks started to read this beatitude as a way that Jesus was not just talking about any sins, but sexual sins promoting chastity as a minimum or celibacy as the highest form of faith. There is this apocryphal writing, legend, from the second century. It's called the Acts of Paul and Thecla. And the Apostle Paul is preaching in this book, and he extends this sixth beatitude. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are those who have kept the flesh chaste for they shall become a temple of God. Blessed are the continent, those who withstand the desire for sex, for God shall speak with them. Blessed are those who have kept aloof from the world, for they will be pleasing to God. The heroine in this book, the Acts of Paul and Thecla, was a woman named Thecla, who when she heard Paul preach, gave up her wealth and her fiancé to follow Jesus. By the fourth century, many believed that virginity was the greatest act of faithfulness, particularly in women. Medieval artists draw this beatitude with images of perfect young women. But I'm familiar with a verse, Genesis 1:28. God blessed them and God said, be fruitful and multiply. Looking out, I'm seeing some folks who've conceived children. <laughs> There's been intimacy with spouses in this room, and I'm hoping that doesn't preclude us from being pure in heart. The interpretation that connects this beatitude to purity in that way has decreased over time. That's not to say that there isn't room for scrubbing bubbles. That's not to say there isn't room to focus on how we protect ourselves from habits that harm. 
To pair with my scrubbing bubbles, I also bought this bottle of Pledge. It helps to clean surfaces, right? But it also helps to protect wood from aging. It's kind of like a guard against protection. There's no better way of getting clean than by staying clean in the first place. Christians believed that they could guard their heart, that they could just detach from, from temptation, detach from wickedness of all kinds, detach from bodily possession, from habits that harm. Is that what it means to be pure in heart? I've also bought with me some Febreze here today. Anybody use Febreze at home? It's a nice additive to a space, right? You spray it into the air and suddenly you feel like you're in a flower bed or something out in the midst of the woods, crisp and beautiful. Their slogan is, stink out, freshness in, right? I think that's right. So this is not for scrubbing things away, scrubbing dirt away. It's for adding something beautiful that brings a smile to your face. It takes away the distraction of foul sins. When you walk in to a room, suddenly your focus is taken away. Wow, this room smells fresh. And in case you wanted to know, mountain is the official scent of 2023. Protestant reformers in the faith, Luther, Calvin, Wesley, they understood the pure in heart to be those who are unwaveringly focused on God. God is the one and only important thing. Kierkegaard's slogan was, purity of heart is to will one thing. While purity may be the absence of bad things, scrubbing bubbles, it's also the presence of something, something that steals our attention away from everything else, and that's God. The reformers of the faith clung to the words of James. James wrote, do not waver. A person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of the sea. Such people should not be expected to receive anything from the Lord. Their loyalty is divided between God and the world, and they are unstable in everything they do. In other words, their life is like a room that has some beautiful smelling flowers in the corner, but that room is also filled with the stink of moldy banana peels, a wet dog, and rotten eggs, but the pure in heart. They open up to the spirit that sprays in the Febreze of faith. So then the focus is on one thing and one thing only, the Lord, the God of creation. The pure in heart give their focus to scripture and to prayer so that that word becomes the only word, the word that guides and sustains. When we give ourselves to Christ, when we listen to him, when we follow him, he becomes the example, the clear vision of who we are to be. Blessed are the pure in heart who surrender to this fragrance of devotion. So we're committed only to the demands of God. So far our cleaning products, scrubbing bubbles, cleanse us free, some pledge to protect us from temptation, Febreze, the added focus to draw our attention to the one thing. All of these are a bit high in expectation. Can we really resist all evil? Can we really 
be cleansed of every bad habit? Can we really keep our focus only on God at all times? Brought one more product, Windex. Spray it on your windows, your mirrors. Take away the fingerprints, the smudges. I've noticed that the Windex does not fix the crack in the window or remove that blemish of old age on the mirror. It helps us see better, but it also reveals imperfections. Windex. Maybe you remember this story. There were two folks that went to the temple to pray, a Pharisee and a tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, I thank you, God, I'm not like other people, cheaters, sinners, adulterers, those who are oblivious to Clorox wipes, those who have never seen an all-purpose cleaner in their whole life. I'm glad I'm not like them, said the Pharisee. I scrub and clean myself every day through fasting and prayer and giving. But the, but the tax collector who was applying some Windex to his life, stood at the distance, didn't even dare to look up towards God. He beat his chest and in sorrow, knowing the reality of who he really was, the truth of himself, he said, God, be merciful to me. I'm, I'm broken. Now, who was a pure in heart in this story? The tax collector? Well, that can't make sense. I mean, his life is dirtier than a ride through a rodeo. He's very unclean. But in that instance, purity is not lack of sin, but it's acknowledgement of failure. It's seeing life truthfully, wholeheartedly turning to God because he knows he can't make it without God's mercy. Blessed is the pure in heart, for she has integrity authenticity. She sees her blemishes. She names them. She sees God's grace. She celebrates that gift. She isn't perfect. She knows she can't hide anything from God. So she brings it all, her thoughts, her emotions, her fears, her dreams, all into the light of God's grace. My favorite psalm, Lord, you have searched me. You know me. Search my heart. Try me out. Know my every thought. See if there's any hurtful way in me. Blessed are the pure in heart who ask God if there are any lies in me, hypocrisy, open me to your light. You know, there's some of each of this in us. Sometimes we pray, Lord, give me clean heart, give me some scrubbing bubbles. I... You know, I've been kind of a mess, and I, I need you to cleanse me, and I need you to protect me from that temptation again. Sometimes we pray, Lord, spray your Holy Spirit into me so I'm focused only on you. You're the fragrance I want to take in. You are the one I want to breathe in completely. But maybe it starts with the Windex. Just make us see ourselves as we really are. We'll never be perfect. Christ isn't asking for us to be, but he is asking us to be true, to name that we need each other, to name that we need to care in community, to name that we need him deeply. St. Augustine preached like your mom, 
Wash your hands, he said. Clean up your room. Clean up the room of your heart. Make space for God. But Augustine, who was a thinker, was also a preacher and like a loving parent. He said this. Maybe you find it difficult in cleaning out your heart, but call God in. God won't refuse to clean out a place for God's self. And God will agree to stay with you. There's nothing greater than God. Don't worry. Don't worry about not having enough room, not being clean enough. Just receive him. And God will enlarge that lovely living space. And together, now and forever, we will be spotless and clean. For just a moment here, before we move into the rest of our service, um, I'd like to provide a space for you just to think, uh, to reflect, uh, to pray, what it might mean for you to be made clean in God, how you might invite the Holy Spirit uh, to release you, uh, to cleanse you, to protect you, to add focus into you, to help you see life most clearly. I'm um, going to share a little song with you. Feel free to, to sing along as your prayer if you know this tune. Uh, but use this as, as helpful to you uh, in your time of reflection and prayer. We bow our hearts we bend our knees. Oh, Spirit, come make us humble. We turn our eyes from evil things. Oh, Lord, we cast down our idols. So give us clean hands. Give us pure hearts. Let us not lift our souls to another. Give us clean hands. Give us pure hearts. Let us not lift our souls to another. Oh God, let us be a generation that seeks, that seeks your faith. Oh God of Jacob, oh God, let us be a generation that seeks, that seeks your face, oh God of Jacob. So give us clean hands, give us pure hearts, let us not lift our souls to another. Give us clean hands, give us pure hearts. Let us not lift our souls to another. And God's people said, Amen.
As we gather together in our experience of communal prayer, uh, praying for ourselves, our congregation, and the world, uh, particularly this morning, uh, we draw together in a prayer of grief uh, as we pray for the family of Myrna Crosby and the death of her daughter Sally. And uh, may the Holy Spirit comfort that family today. I would also invite you to prayer for, uh, pray for the Barhan family uh, that has been through a season of trials and tragedies, uh, most recently being uh, Mark was diagnosed with a detached retina and had a successful surgery, but now is looking at a long time of recovery that requires, uh, I believe, stillness and laying face down in the bed. So uh, prayers for both Mark and for Sue in this time, and prayers that God will open a season for them that is full of promise and joy rather than continued struggle. Let us join our hearts in prayer first in song and then in spoken word. Loving and gracious Holy Spirit, fill this space, Lord, with your power, with your presence, with your comfort and your direction. Lord, we are grateful that you enter our lives to cleanse them, to make them right, 
so we can see and praise you once again. Lord, you know where we have fallen away. Lord, you know how we've damaged relationship with you and other people. Lord, you know what habits taint us and make us a mess. Lord, you know how we are lost. And we pray, Lord God, cleanse us, make us right. Pour your power into us so that our focus returns to you. Help us to see, Lord, ourselves in you. That way might call out your name. Lord Jesus, come to me and make me whole. You've heard, Lord, our concerns for our brothers, our sisters who are aching, grieving, suffering, and struggling. Lord, bring healing. Lord, bring assurance, bring comfort, bring peace. Mobilize your church, Lord, to be that voice of support, of care, of compassion, of justice work, Lord, of passion for the stranger, the neighbor. Lord God, move in us to be a mighty witness this day. We are grateful for that spirit that enters us every time we pray. May we be guided by it, that we might be pure in heart, that we might see you completely in our lives and in the world. We pray this prayer in the mighty name of Jesus, who taught us to pray this way. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who have sinned against us, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. And now, as we prepare for the offering, a quick announcement. It's always good to review and reflect on the financial health of the church. Uh, Dale Fletcher, our chair of finance, will be available next Sunday. And we decided after Sunday school, right? 11 o'clock here in the sanctuary, uh, just to give a brief overview of where we stand at the moment and where we're headed. So if you have questions about... Uh, uh, the financial health of the church, you can come next Sunday at 11, you can reach out to Dale and, uh, and think about ways to support the ministries here. Thank you always for your generosity. May the Spirit bring life out of the gifts you bring.
Father, help us understand your plan for us based on love. Help us to be captivated by your love and overwhelmed by your grace. We give this, these are tithes and offerings to further your service. In Jesus' holy name, amen.
Thank you for your worship and your journey through these Beatitudes. Blessed are you who are poor in spirit, who are mourning, who are meek, and who are pure in heart. Blessed are you for your devotion to God and get, go forth and share that devotion with the world. In Jesus' name, we leave. Amen. Amen. Thank you.